0: Welcome to another episode of failing to success. I'm your host Chad Kalecki with cosmic design and development today on the show, we have Charlie Alsmiller, his company is called API works. They take integration off the to-do list of e-commerce companies. He's now had this venture for three and a half years, but this is venture number three. So Charlie, you were just telling me about the story when you had to close business number one, can you tell us about that?
1: Well, I will tell you this much. Thank you for the intro, Chad. And first first off, this has been hard for me to talk about really until just recently. I, I was very young in my career. I had a consulting career in the big accounting firms and had gone and raised venture money on an idea. And I, I joke around that it's easier to raise money with, with a PowerPoint, frankly, sometimes than it is with a working business. But I had been successful in raising some top tier venture capital and We built a product and took it to market and were very successful. And then we grew very quickly, but I'm going to describe a day. And and this day was, it was a little bit like any other day. We had scaled up and received quite a bit of venture money based on some early success of the company. And right around the time two airplanes flew into some towers. Just things changed, as you can recall, very dramatically. So we were sort of sitting around looking at what this meant. Our company had, we had sales, but our costs were far exceeding our sales at that point in the time. And frankly, with that event, our customer base evaporated literally overnight with, with a number of things. Demand, i call, talk about demand generation, but also demand destruction. And I was gonna to have to raise more money to keep the business going at the current level. And the facts are I sat down with our board of directors and we said, we have to scale this company back in a really, really big way. And I will say it's probably the first time I ever really faced a failure. And from that day, that literally the next day I had to lay off 85 people. And a lot of them being my friends and, and coworkers that I'd had relationships with who had sort of bet on me and being in that company. And we literally laid off two thirds of the company that day. And I remember going home, just feeling devastated. I felt depressed and, and, and so on, but we scaled that business back and we still didn't make it. I mean, there were just too many factors that were outside of our control. And it's, it's easy as an entrepreneur to look back at a failure and go, well, it was these external factors. Well, as I've gotten older and started thinking through this, there were a number of internal factors that contributed to that, that place that have really become part of the way i run businesses and the first one is i'll just call it managing the momentum if you will of of the business that that business it's a good little business So if you look at it was an early kind of early asana early base camp kind of thing for professional services firms so we were well ahead of the market early SaaS business and and so on so it's really no reason we shouldn't succeed but what we did is we got way out of our skis in our spend and our, our momentum and the expectations around that business were way ahead of what we could reasonably do. And quite frankly, the first Scud that flew at us and you remember Scuds from the first, first Gulf War. These were the, the, the bombs that came over from Iraq into the, anyway, that I just called, you always get Scuds, like the, like the pandemic was a Scud. And, and so we weren't prepared for that. And we weren't prepared for a, for a, massive sort of interruption in our capital flow. And and if we had been, if we had been more conservative on our spend, and we've been more sort of realistic about what we can do in what period of time, I would not have had to lay off those 85 people that day. And I I, I suffered, like I said, quite a bit of depression through that because I, I'd always believed that if you just worked hard enough at something, you're gonna be able to power through it and you, you'll make yourself, you'll be able to succeed if you just worked hard enough. I worked harder than humanly possible on that particular venture, and I still failed. And that taught me a lot. So, you know, I fell down and, and got back up and started another venture. So, and then another one. And so I'm happy to talk through some of those, but hopefully answered your first question there, Chad.
0: Yeah. So how did you pick yourself back up and start number two?
1: Well, I actually went to work for somebody else for a little while which was interesting and ended up being a another entrepreneur who had a very successful business. He was running 10 or $15 million a year, needed somebody to run, help him run the business. So I went and did that. And uh, that was sort of, I did that for about four years, three, four years and did two things. Built my confidence back up in a pretty big way. So I was like, okay, wait a minute. I do know what I'm doing. I do have some relationships that that matter. And, And then it also, Helped me get in the head of an entrepreneur that had had bootstrapped a business from zero up to that level, and helped me understand what sort of roadblocks he has hit over the years. And I've learned quite a bit from him. So, finally, got up the nerve to to dust you know, finish dusting myself off and started up a new venture. But this one, this new venture was really different. So this is where I, I really resonated with your failing to succeed sort of thing. So the, the one, one of the many mistakes we made on the first company was we thought we had the exact product the market needed day one. So we went off and spent way more money than I care to admit building this product. And it, it wasn't great. Right. So we ended up building the wrong product and we had to spend a bunch of money sort of reiterating it, reiterating it. And I, and I started just being a consultant background. I was always like, well, People are writing checks to solve problems. Let's start with that. And so this was a, it was a consulting business I started and we started going out and solving problems for customers that they're willing to write checks for. And eventually we started seeing concentrations, centers of gravity in certain problem areas. We became specialists in that problem area. And then we eventually built products around that expertise that became highly leverageable. If you will so long story short that company i didn't take any external money and we sold that to a public company for a for a nice exit a few years ago and it's still operating today so but but to be to be fair that iteration process we did through all of those different consulting engagements and interactions with customers 90 to 5 percent of those wouldn't turn into a successful software company it was only one or two of those that that did so does that help and we haven't gotten to the third one yet
0: (laughs) before we jump to the third one can you get kind of granular on the process of selling your business like what experts did you need to bring in how did that process work
1: great question and i do think we could probably spend a lot of time on this but i tried to sell that company three times and the first time i hired a broker to go out and help sell it. And it it was really not successful for two reasons. One, that particular broker was not specialized in the software that we had. More importantly was we weren't ready. We weren't on top of our numbers the way we should be. I was too integral in the middle of the business. And the reality is what I learned in that first thing there was when somebody buys your business, they're really just buying future cash flow. And if you as a founder or a CEO are in the middle of that business, the business is worth zero. It's just sort of glorified self-employment. So I tell people the cool irony of being an entrepreneur is the business is more valuable the less you do. (laughs) So you can work on your business, don't work in your business. And that first time I went to sell it, I was way too in the middle of everything. My ego kind of got in the way of, of that. Took a step back. Took a few months, tried to rejigger some things, hired another firm. This time I hired the wrong firm completely. <laughs> so small firm the first time, MA firm. Second time, big firm, not focused enough. Again, didn't know our industry. Pulled that back, did some more work on our processes and our numbers and everything. Third time, hired the right firm, guys that knew the industry we were in, knew the market, focused on the size of company we are and was able to create a real perception of competition. When you go into a, a process, the worst thing you can do is just have one company you're engaged with because they'll just drag it out forever. But we we were able to get multiple companies coming in that were interested in our space. And this broker was able to do that very quickly. We had a letter of intent. So I put it up on July 4th. We got, I got sued on July 6th for copyright infringement, not copyright. I don't know. Patent infringement. It's one of these patent trolls. So we had to go and take care of that. And then it was totally bogus, but that slowed everything down. But but literally by the end of August, I had a letter of intent. But that was, and then we ultimately closed with that, that deal in October of that year.
0: So did the buyer end up being a strategic acquirer? Yes,
1: they were a public company.
0: Okay. Did you figure out why they wanted you? What what value you added to them?
1: It was some strategic customer acquisitions. We had some very large strategic customers that they wanted, number one. Number two, they wanted our, our offshore team. So I owned a wholly-owned subsidiary in the Philippines that we did most of our dev work on. Our team, we didn't outsource anything. So they wanted that as a foundation for their work. And ultimately, I think they've sunset our, the products because they had a, another product that was similar And they've been able to migrate the customer base into that and they're doing whatever it is they do with it. Now I'm not, I'm not involved anymore, so I'm not sure.
0: That's great. You're able to get out and have that exit and let's bring it. That brings us to business number three. So how did you get started in this one?
1: Really by accident, to be, to be honest, the, I was sitting on a beach trying to figure out what's next with my life and realized that I was going to get bored on the beach really, really quickly. I think I lasted about six hours and was like can't do this anymore. (laughs) But uh, no, a lot of my my old customers and and contacts in industry kept calling me and saying, hey, can we do this? Can we do that? And I started noticing patterns to calls. I then kind of sat down very methodically and built a really wide SEO kind of catch on a website, started measuring where the centers of gravity were on that. And then Ultimately, you know, landed on this integration problem, which I was already familiar with <clears throat> from the last company, but in a, a little bit different way. Then it became integration for e-commerce and then even more specifically integration for inventory and order management sort of in the e-commerce space. So it was a, a long process of, of sort of iterating through those And then ultimately um, we got to the proper value proposition, which was, well, we take integration off of your to-do list if you're an e-commerce company. And that was actually way harder to get to than I ever expected, but lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of iterations on that. And uh, so, yeah, I've been through a lot of ideas. Most of them are terrible. What I will say is in this process for this company, API Works, I, I came up with something my friends call. The, the Charlie spanking machine. And it's an idea. It's an idea to spank ideas. And, and I actually developed a process for taking an idea that you have and validating it before you go and spend a bunch of money on it. So to me, success on this is getting ideas through that spanking process. <laughs> and I'm sorry if that's inappropriate, but you get the, get the idea. And and first stage of that is is really simple. Can you get the idea onto a single piece of paper of what the value proposition is and how you're going to do it and, and what the value is for the customer? That's actually way harder than you think. I get a, so many people come to me, hey, I have this idea for a clothes holding business or something, whatever. And, and I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I I'd mean, they're like, what do you think? I'm like, I have no idea. Have you tested it? Right. Have you do you have 100 people's emails saying that they're interested in this when they when when you get it set up? And typically what entrepreneurs do, and I did on my first deal, was I thought I knew the answer before I really engaged with the market. I went and built the product and and then was frustrated when I wasn't able to grow it fast enough. Well, this process that I did, I fleshed through 40-something ideas before I landed on API Works. So every one of those, of those 39 others... I, you could call it a failure, I guess, but, but I, I'd love, I love watching SpaceX and what Elon's doing with that. And when this last thing where he was launching the big starship rocket, he's like, well, we got a 50, 50 chance of clearing the tower <laughs> and anything past the tower is a bonus. I'm like, wow, that's really amazing. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how I've gone through it. And then we get a lot of ideas still by the team about, Hey, we should do this or build that. I'm like, well, let's get it. Let's get it through the process. And. The, the, the API works is the first company I've been really formal about that. And I'm saying before, before we spend any money on the next phase, I want to make sure this phase is right. And there's always a chance it fails out. And the thing is, I want to fail it out early and cheap, right? And the good ideas sort of fly past Regardless, honestly, so the best ideas sort of float to the top in in in, in this process. Did, did that? Did, did I
0: answer your question? You did answer my question, and <laughs> I think it's a good point that you test those ideas before throwing a bunch of money into them. That's something. That's a big mistake, actually. That I've made, a lot of entrepreneurs make, and putting it through what the spanking test. Do you say
1: <laughs> <laughs> the spanking machine? Idea spanking, find yeah, profit. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> that's not you avoid that that big mistake absolutely so charlie if our listeners wanted to reach out to you or your company how would they do so
1: apiworks that's with an x.com apiworks.com you can also email me directly charlie c h a r l i e at apiworks.com and uh, we'd love to talk to you about it, but uh, certainly about your integration problems. Love to help you with that. But if you have questions about your entrepreneurial journey, that's part of my mission is helping give back back to that. Um, I'm heavily involved in entrepreneurial ventures around the world. So if you're facing some challenge, I, I do that for free. It's just something I'm really passionate about. And if there's any way I can help, just reach out. Happy to, Happy to do what I can.
0: Well, thank you, Charlie, for being on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design and Development. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.